we are back. Brando back again, and I'm excited about a new episode uh, before I get going. Brevity Box is a part of the Ruminations Radio Network, a collection of interesting and entertaining podcasts produced by Area 42 Studios and Sound. You should stop by the website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com and see the growing number of podcasts that are part of the network. You're going to want to hear what we're talking about. So today's episode um, is going to be, I'm excited about it because it may be the first time in what, maybe a year that we've been able to focus on uh, something other than what normally comes out of us fighting over the soapbox and talking about what's on the top of our heads. Now, um, normally I'm joined by Brando and Becky. Today, Becky is not able to join us, so we're going to send her some well wishes. Uh, get well soon, Becky. Get back to us as soon as you can. But Brando, Brando's always by my side. He always shows up 100% of the time, and we're glad to have him. Now, today's Brevity Box is all about another podcast. Yes, hello. The- I do apologize. Um <laughs> You do this to um, me you know, every daddy's time. over here on iMessage holding court with an attractive attractive Italian woman, so I'm just a little distracted. You might be able to hear in the background. Please proceed. Captain's interjection. Oh, this is this is a common thing that happens to us every time. Now that laughter, I'm gonna introduce that laughing voice here in a minute. But I'm gonna start over and let Brando have another opportunity to cut in right in the middle. No, no, I'm satisfied with that, actually. Yeah, I figured you would. Now, today's episode is about another podcast on the network, okay? And it's a podcast that I'm a fan of because it covers many, many things that I love in entertainment, whether that's movies like Edge of Tomorrow, uh, the original 1984 Dune, uh, cult classics like They Live, or animation I grew up loving like Robotech. And, of course... You've heard me mention it a few times, maybe every other episode when I'm recommending what you should listen to. I'm talking about the Retro Futurist Culture Podcast, the brainchild of the one and only Hoptimus, who hosts RFC, and we're lucky enough to have it with us today. Hop, that's the man who was laughing in the background. You can see that Brando has his schemes. He likes to throw me off as soon as he (laughs) possibly can. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me on, man. I, uh, I really dig Brevity Box. It's uh, it's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> it has its ups and downs. Sometimes I want to punch Brando through my car stereo. That's everybody that knows Brando. <laughs> I, hope I, you brought, you I hope you brought specifics because I'd love to discuss it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's just moments I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, man. This is That's our friendship, though. That is literally the tug of war of our friendship. Yeah, no, it's great though. It's fun. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good romp. I appreciate it, man. Now we're fans of your show, and before we start getting in on what makes RFC what it is, uh, I want to talk about you for a second because you're a man of many talents, right? You're sort of the resident Giga Chad of the network, and by that I mean Giga you're in. Chat. Yeah, it means you're like in super physical good shape compared to the rest of us, right? I mean, oh, let's be Giga Chad. Yeah, Giga Chad. Right. Yeah, Giga is, he, is he is he currently spitting at least decent game to a milf right now via the iMessage? Nah, he ain't. I ain't. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's more who's closer to rocking a six pack though, Brando? I mean, I got one in the fridge. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Wow. But you, I mean, you are. I mean, you're in you're in really good shape. You're in that sort of. That's a statement, right? That's something you keep up with all the time. And it's not something that you just do for your own health. You do it as a a part of your business. Is that right? Well, I'm a trainer, but I I do it because I fell in love with it. So, and I'm going to try and be short because this is the long story short version. Sure, yeah. Uh, At 29, I found myself really unhealthy and overweight. I was close to 300 pounds at a height of about 5'10". <laughs> been there done that thankfully winded, not not exactly currently <laughs> got winded tying my shoes my uh i guess fate would you call it happened to step in and my brother calls me and says hey my uh father-in-law is gonna start teaching karate at the church and you can come it's free i was like okay i'll go check it out i had done judo in high school and always loved martial arts so i was like this is gonna be awesome i go 
Not knowing what I was getting into, this was Kyokushin Kai. So this wasn't like point karate or just like air karate. This was real, like Japanese full real actual fuck you up in a spar karate. Yeah. Oh, I got smooth and destroyed. I got destroyed that sorry, first day, but I loved picture, it. <laughs> and uh, that ignited something. It lit something. I was like, I need to do this. And I started getting in shape. And as I was getting in shape, going back to like eating better and lifting weights, what I knew, a friend of mine that I met online through a martial arts forum was like, dude, you got to check out kettlebells. I was like, okay. So I bought a kettlebell and I bought one of Pavel Satseline's uh, early books, Enter the Kettlebell, which had a great, great program in it and very good instruction. But I thought to myself, I should get a trainer. So I looked up in Tucson and found a guy here locally, met with him. And after learning from him, I was like, wow, this gym's cool. I want to work here someday. Uh, and then um, fast forward a couple of years, I get a job with a doctor and I'm working for him. One of the partners leaves which means I had to cash out this huge 401k I had or roll it. So I took half and rolled it into an IRA. I took the other half, cashed it out, paid for a bunch of physical trainer certifications and decided I'm going to become a personal trainer. And uh, fate stepped in again in that same gym where I had got my lessons and met the coach there and kind of we developed a friendship. He had a job opening. I applied. He hired me on the spot. That was six years ago and I've worked for him ever since. Um, And I just... I love it. I like training people. I like training myself. Um, I switched from the stand-up fighting two years ago. I switched over to Brazilian jiu-jitsu because I wanted to uh, try something different. And uh, that's been a whole new challenge. I'd never done any grappling. It's totally different than kickboxing, boxing, karate, any of that. Like Once you're on the ground, the game's totally different. It's a lot of fun. So that's what I'm enjoying right now. So that's the short version of that how that came to be uh, so someone. i want to you said you you started by buying one kettlebell yeah so what how you know i've haven't come across that book what what was the first like how much weight did you start with i with started your first with kettlebell? a 35 pound there was kind of like a guideline in the book it says you know beginner men uh 16 kilogram or 35 pounds you know, uh, strong, stronger men, a 24 kilo or 53 pounds. And then freakishly strong guys, a 32 kilogram or 70 pound kettlebell. Wow. Um, so I started with the 16 and I'm glad I did. And I thought I was doing okay. When I got that first lesson from, uh, that coach, uh, holy crap, man, I was so sore. Like he improved the technique so much that it made that kettlebell just totally trash my legs like i was like oh my god wow i literally said oh god it hurts after that day yeah <laughs> well, uh, any, any internal reference there <laughs> I, got a, I, I got a question for you i was trying to ask a couple of moments ago but i didn't get through because i somehow probably muted myself um what uh what do you feel gets you gassed quicker stand up or brazilian jiu-jitsu you know, I would say that after adaptation, they're about the same. In the yeah. beginning, the stand-up was extremely gassing. And then once you do it for a few years and you, you get, get your used cardio to doing a bunch of yeah. yeah, it's not so bad. And it's the same with the, with the jiu-jitsu. I think the first couple of classes, I was like, holy crap, this is totally different. And it's a different you learn where to use your energy at. Cause at first you're just in panic mode. You're like, Oh my God, this person's crushing me. I'm going to die. And you freak out and you get winded right away. And now I'm, I'm comfortable with somebody on top of me for the most part. And I am like, okay, I'm just going to move my hand here. Depending how close their balls are to your chin, which, which is indirectly proportional well, to how many options you have at that point. Right. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes they get a free hand job. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, I did say, in my Tigers defense, I did some Brazilian jiu-jitsu in my youth. I'm not talking <laughs> shit. I'm not talking shit. Well, it was one of the questions I was actually going to make a joke about because it, it does, I think I was, I was talking to Brooke, my wife, about the different people on the network. And when I was talking about you, I just sort of threw out, I was like, yeah, he's got like seven black belts from six different martial arts. Like I was <laughs> throwing it out there. And I was going to just ask, you know, where that started, but you had made a comment there that you started with judo in high school. Yeah. Found yourself. I don't have seven days. black belts. That would be, that would be pretty crazy. 
<laughs> well, I, you know, it's more of just something, uh, you know, I admire that in people in general, right. That discipline or that drive and to keep at something and keep hone. I like that concept of honing a skill, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and adding to that and learning more in your, um, portfolio of, of self-defense or, and then the idea that you would go from one uh, school of thought to another one focus to a different focus is really something else that I'm uh, kind of like-minded about and haven't taken the same opportunities to embark on it. And I think it's really fucking cool. I just think it's a cool, it's something I'm also interested in that you've gone a lot further with. And I, I just think it's pretty dope. Um, so you've, you've touched on judo. You, you said kickboxing and then you know, if you're a decent shot, I Roddy. will hire you if I ever feel like my life's in danger. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's one thing I, I definitely want to get better at, Brando. That's I, I want to get better at target shooting, and I want to get better at bow uh, shooting. Those are two things I really want to get better at. Um, you can talk about some potential content for the former later. Right. Uh, so back to you, Triple uh, C. So I did judo, and uh, my judo instructor was also a certified Shinkendo instructor on Tosh- under Toshiro Bata Sensei or Shihan at the time. Um, so I learned Shinkendo, which was a form of Kenjutsu, which is sword fighting, and it was a f- it was a, a hybrid of two different classical Japanese sword forms. I graded to Shodan black belt under that system. That was my first black belt. And then I stopped. Life happened, and I went on my way. And then when I got back, when my brother called me, and I went and did Kyokushin. Um, Kyokushin, I never reached a formal grade while I was training under that sensei. I decided that I wanted to find a better school or a different school, uh, only because it was like sporadic. He would some Sundays he'd be like, "Oh, we're not having class," and it was like one day a week, and it was kind of all over the place. Even though I really enjoyed the training. And I happened chance online and found another sensei here in town who taught a similar style that was an offshoot of Kyokushin called Enshin. And it was actually a mix of Kyokushin Kai and Judo because the founder of Enshin was also a third degree Judo black belt. So I joined this school and I really liked the sensei and I went four nights a week and I graded third degree, eventually got to third degree black belt under him. He actually wanted me to take over uh the school but with my job and family responsibilities i was like i i can't i need to go somewhere where people tell me what to do so i can learn i can't like always be the one teaching like i'm teaching as a trainer and i have my family i need i need somewhere where i'm accountable so at that point one of my clients was a black belt and an owner of a brazilian jiu-jitsu school here in town and he's like, come try out my school. He's like, just see if you like it. I was like, okay. And I went and I kind of fell in love with it right away. I was like, wow, this is, and I fell in love with it because it was for, at the time, insane. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing down here. I'm getting my ass beat on the ground by this guy that, that, that I outweigh by like 40 pounds. And this little dude is crushing me. I was like, I got to learn how to do this. So that's where I've been the past two years is uh, over there. So. Yeah, I yeah. almost referred to you as I, an I have to, Gracie. I'm sorry, <laughs> I have to interject. I have to interject with a statement. I said, it may have been too quiet to hear, I said the word ouch a few moments after you said the word Kyoshiken, and right as you were saying you didn't get any sort of, reach any sort of a greater belt with it. I wasn't saying ouch because of that fact. I was saying ouch because when I heard Kyokushin, I just imagined getting hit in the ribs a lot. Oh yeah, ribs, thigh. I was black and blue. I wanted, I wanted... <laughs> In case, in case either one of you heard that, I wanted to make that perfectly Dude. clear. I also did. I also did pick up some. Uh, I got really into. Um, I saw an article on on modern Arnie's at the time. This was when I was not even first degree black belt under Enchin, and uh, I did some. I did some modern Arnie's with a guy here, Mateo, who had uh, trained under Remy Presses. So I trained with him on the weekends, on and off, while he was around. Um, I picked up on that really quick, but I never got formally graded in that either. But I did buy my own uh, Screama sticks to practice. So that was also fun. Um, That's pretty cool. A lot of the movement flow in that just coincided with the same kind of movement patterns that were in Enshin. And even now, some of those patterns I see in Jiu-Jitsu in a different way, where I'm like, oh, okay, this is a circular hook pattern. This is a 
you know, this is a push through pattern. So, so that experience and in, in some of the other martial arts has definitely contributed to you picking up what whatever it is you're focused on at the moment more quickly. You think a little bit. I mean, or? a lot of it's like the having the mental ability to kind of tough it out. I'm not a fast learner with this stuff by any means. I'm not like a, a gifted physical fit kind of person where everything you show me i'll pick it up right away but i'm a very disciplined person and if i like something i will like go after it kind of like a dog on a bone that he doesn't want to let go of i will sit there till i gnaw that bone down you know that's just how i roll yeah well it clearly sounds like it you know sounds like it man and it's also something i need to you know i know you're saying you're not the quickest to pick something up but one of the things, and just as is demonstrated by you telling us about your history in martial arts and just the the correlation between one and another, it's part of what I think gives RFC something unique. Your encyclopedic mind to call on random detail, man. It makes me, you know, I, I get comments about my memory and I always make a joke about uh, the highlights magazine that was always in my dentist's office when I was <laughs> right. Because I mean, I could just spot every difference or I, I just had that sort of recall. I'm impressed whenever I'm listening to RFC, I, I, unless you can tell me, and I'm, I'm afraid you're about to tell me you have all of it written out, like every detail, but it sounds like you're able to call on these details about you know, the, the director of some particular anime that motivated the, for, you know, the development of a movie. I don't imagine that that's right in front of you. Right. And I've, and I've seen you do it on, I mean, at random, like you did talking about your history in martial arts right now, it's really impressive, man. So I, I think that has to add something to like what you're saying, your ability to recall that uh, learning just like you're able to recall the things that you're a fan of all those other martial arts have to plug in when you're, you know, getting, yeah, I have a semi like photographic memory. I'll remember crap and it's there forever. Sometimes even if I don't want to remember. (laughs) Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, okay. Maybe I'm not as envious of that feeling as I thought I might be. (laughs) That's a very interesting point. Yeah, like if you don't forget, you just don't forget. It's not something that you selectively choose what not to forget. It's just the way your brain works, which is just fascinating. Combine that with a really good mic voice, man. I mean, I know that I've talked to you about you having experience in podcasting before RFC, but uh, I mean, could you tell us what other experience you've had, like with the adult gamer or doing uh, other broadcasting? And you've you've been doing it for a while. I had never done any kind of interviewing or podcasting or anything till when did we start Ruminations 2021? Time is a flat circle. That's so funny. We talked about that on Edge of Tomorrow. You did. So, he did. Yeah, um, Duke brought it up. Yeah. So um, it was maybe 2019 where a couple guys from the adult gamer that I had played some games with, um, Fenrir765 and another gentleman, uh, we're going to put together a podcast with the approval of, uh, well, uh, just to let everybody know, the adultgamer.com is a community of gamers. You have to be 21 and older. Um, you know, just because they're adults and we, you know, we get rowdy and talk about crazy stuff while we're gaming. That's why you have to be 21 and older, not because we're trying to sell you some sort of uh, scandalous <laughs> material. NFTs. Right? And no, Jesus. Um, so, anyway, they were, are, they were putting together the show and uh, they had played a bunch of games. We'd been playing a lot of Ghost Recon Wildlands together and some other games. They're like, hey, can you be our guest for the first episode? Like, uh, we're going to, we want to interview somebody from, the adultgamer.com community every week for this new tag cast. I said, sure. So I came on the first episode and it was really cool and really fun. And I didn't know what I was doing. 
And then they had set up a guest for the second episode, and uh, one of them messaged me. They're like, yeah, we think this guy's going to flake. Is there any way you could be available on standby just in case? And I was like, yeah, 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 no problem. So I was on standby, and then I became the guest for a second episode. And after the second episode, they're like, let's just make you the third host of this show. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I just sort of became part of the show. And at one point, one of the founders of the show kind of uh uh had a falling out with the people that run the adult gamer and he left so then fenrir 765 and i took over just hosting the show um so that's kind of where i cut my chops and then i was invited by our lord and savior optimich prime mitch 42 to come on here and that's when he's like you can do whatever show you want and when he gave me that preposition i was like any show i want i my mind spun and i said i can't do that because that's too big and too broad i need to narrow my focus so after hemming and hawing and doing some of my own homework that's when i decided to focus on this theme of uh, retro futures culture, which at least gives me a funnel to kind of channel my stuff through. Otherwise, it would just be, it would be too random for me to control. And I don't think it would be as uh, fun or as focused as I'd like it to be. That's why I decided to do that. Yeah, I tend to agree with that statement. Um, and it's a good segue into talking more about the show and where that idea came from. But before we go into that, we are going to take an opportunity to take a break and hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Hey, kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. All right, back again here with the host of the Retro Futures Culture Podcast. It's Optimus along with Brando, uh, waiting to interject at any given opportunity, and of course me, Triple C, yours truly. Um, so you, you were talking a second ago about Mitch saying you can do whatever you want, and you had to funnel it down to something that gave you focus. And when I'm thinking of what questions I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, the term retrofuturist culture is not something that I'm unfamiliar with. But if someone were asking me to describe the kind of content that I consume a lot of, it definitely describes a huge amount of things that I consume. And I mentioned a few of them at the top movies I've loved forever, right? They live, aliens. Um, I, I mentioned Edge of Tomorrow just because I think it's a great movie. Yeah, uh, it, that it, was a fun episode to do. Robotech, um, very close, dear to my heart. Um, and retrofuturist culture embodies that, but I would not have plucked that out of thin air. And so my, that was a starting question. When Mitch does give you carte blanche, and of course, which is beautiful in this Mitch, but you know, you're sitting there funneling it down. Like where where did you come across that that label or that term? I, I don't even I'm sure you'll have a better way to describe it. Like where did you discover that? That that's how to describe that? And uh, what what made you like what was the or was there a like driving force to go, it's gonna be about this? And you kind of had a roadmap to what you were gonna do. Uh I've always been kind of fascinated by stories of culture where they project try to project the future or warnings of the future and how it artists use that to try and talk about current like either political or social social issues and when i started to look that stuff up i i discovered that it was called retrofuturism and i was like interesting so the more i dove into that and that triggered something in my brain about blade runner and about sid mead and about his design for Blade Runner, calling it retrofuturism. And then that was like, okay, well, Blade Runner is my favorite movie of all time. So this is definitely what I'm going to have to call my show is retrofuturist culture, talking about the culture of retrofuturism and how to, or what, 
what I could discuss with these things. And, and just to give me um, a lens to look at things through, instead of just looking at them at surface level, like what are we trying to, or what were they trying to convey with the story or what was the original possible intent of this story of, you know, like, like in aliens is, is an obvious sort of warning about how, you know, corporation corruption is going to be the death of mankind. And that can't be more true than it is right now today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, been, you're right. They've been the talking to, about it yeah. forever. I mean, even before aliens, but that was just another movie where they talked about, you know, the, the aliens aren't the monsters we are. No, the side, the, that's the best format for allegories about what we're going. I, I'm totally with you on that. And just one of the best fucking movies of all time. Yeah, that's true. One and of the that's best still, Brando, just, I haven't forgot you. That's still on my list to do this year is Aliens, and you're on that list to be on the show. Holla, I just I'll be there, researched and prepped. Right, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it just hasn't hit the schedule yet. It's all good. Yeah, it's just a, no. It's just an interesting um, encapsulation of pushing what, forty, and my voice still cracks. Uh, yeah, well, it's never going to stop, Brando. Did you have a favorite episode you wanted? I was about to go into. I have some comments and questions about Edge of Tomorrow, and of course Transformers. But I, I don't want to dominate all of the conversation, Brando. You said you had some questions. No, I asked. Oh, you already got them out of the way. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Easy. Perfect. Easy going guy. Yeah, I. No, oh, I don't you know, know enough. That's the biggest pile of horse shit I ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> How many millies? Well, at this current moment, I am. It's like the Tootsie Roll pop. How many millies does it take to get Brando to easygoing? I don't well, know if Mr. Callahan would appreciate that information being aired out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Mr. Oh, Callahan was a fan. That's awesome. So, um, I, you know, you had mentioned something uh, on the Edge of Tomorrow podcast, which. If you had to pick one, um, there's several that you can pick, but that's a really good one. You guys go into so many different avenues of this really cool and interesting movie that I I think, what would you describe it in short term? I mean, it is Groundhog's Day meets Aliens, Aliens. was the best way. And that yeah. said, uh, another host from a different podcast, Oh God, It Hurts, uh, Loops, or uh, James was the one who recommended that to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it had come. I remember, like I said I, on the podcast, I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, eh, like I was just kind of like not feeling it. And uh, I didn't see it on theatrical release. And it was actually a six button samurai of Oh God, It Hurts. It was like, dude, this movie has your name written all over it. He's like, I know because I watched it and it had my name written all over it. And, uh, and it, yeah, it was- he, was, he was exactly correct. I. The first time I saw the movie, I immediately, on the Blu-ray, I finished watching it. I immediately went back to the beginning and watched it again a second time. Immediately. Didn't even, no hesitation. I was like, holy crap, that was so cool. I've only done that twice with that movie and Get Out. Oh, wow. So there you go. Brando did it too. Did it too? The other movie I've done that with is Tenet. Tenet was another one of those movies where I was like, holy crap, I got to start this all the way from the beginning again. No, no, I couldn't I couldn't do that. I had to take like a year-long break from that <laughs> shit before I try it again. Dude, I had to go back and listen to the much. podcast for Tenet that he, from RFC to go back and kind of process some of the information because of the tie-ins you were recapping. Shit, I need to go yeah. back and do that. I intentionally didn't listen to the episode because I hadn't gotten around to the movie yet. It's yeah. a good one. Bring it a pen. Was Thick, man that was yeah even. <laughs> that, that movie made my gray matter physically hurt right no that's why i had to watch that and i literally as i was watching it the first time my brain was melting i was like shut up brain we're just gonna make it through this movie and then we're gonna watch it again <laughs> so do, was the manga the same title edge of tomorrow no it was called uh oh my god all i want is kill i believe yeah yeah i was like something there's something killed. very close to that yeah, yeah duke was the one that was that had actually read the manga knew way more about the manga than i did i only knew the the cursory information about the manga i had 
come into the movie and fall in love with the film, but I had never actually read the manga. That was all Duke. If you remember, if you go to that episode, Duke is the one that goes into detail. All you need is killed by Hiroshi Sakurazaka for anyone yeah. out there in podcast land wondering. Yeah, I I, I've actually read that as well. It's very good. Edge of Tomorrow ending too. is not a great name for a movie, is it? It doesn't really say... It's not really easy to understand what that title's about. But, I but, guess but, you, know, but you know reason. why? It's called that, right? Because well, Americans are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> because in the rest of the world, it was called Live, Die, Repeat. See, that's, that's a, a baller that's a better, name. That's a really better name. Yeah, I yeah. like that name. Live, Die, Repeat. Well, we got the bad name because Well, that was America a subtitle for the movie, right? It was Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat. Something like that. It, it, I think it was in some of the marketing, but not all of it. Yeah, I really think that they didn't know how to market that movie to a Western they, they audience. They really, they really didn't know what they were doing there. They didn't know what they had in their hands. And it's funny, over the years, I feel like that's going to become, like Blade Runner, it's going to become a cult movie where people talk about it and like they're like, oh you haven't seen this you gotta check this out like just blade runner was the same way it was kind of a failure on theatrical release i'm gonna be upset if i can't go see edge of tomorrow with the loft in 20 years right oh yeah that would be just great. like you know three quarters of john carpenter's movies are the same way where they were kind of you know Ahead not that well celebrated on theatrical release they made money but home video made them legends like nobody cared about big trouble in little china on theatrical release but when it hit hbo and vhs that movie blew up it, yeah i i remember seeing it on hbo as a kid and falling in love yeah. and just i've i cannot i can't reasonably count how many times i've watched that movie I've, and he uh, was way ahead of his time as far as like chinese martial art cinema like catching fire in the west like that kind of Chinese martial arts cinema. And I don't mean like the kind of modernized stuff Bruce Lee did, but he was doing like, this is classical Chinese kind of martial arts lore in an action movie. Yeah. It was, it, it caught my attention immediately as a kid. I, I've always, uh, like, I remember the first time I saw mortal Kombat, the game. Yeah. And the way see, it caught the attention of Ed Boone and John Tobias for yeah, sure. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so you're just drawing the parallels right there. Yeah. Uh, for an amazing, amazing game. Now you mentioned the pacing of the movie's great. Obviously we're fans go watch the movie. Um, the suit design without, we're not trying to digest the whole movie now in there. Uh, one of your co-hosts Duke who joined you had brought up that some of those designs for the, you know, in this movie edge of tomorrow, oh, for- Page of tomorrow for the yeah, Tom Cruise's um star and he's wearing basically an exo suit that they actually uh, built those suits and yeah, they had different to talk weights that. that they wore so they could train with them on and it actually made them stronger because they were wearing these external suits for real. So to make it tomorrow ripped off Dragon Ball Z. Cool. No, it's uh, actually a it's it's built. a joke, the way yeah, to train clothes. How am I more of a nerd than you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's because I was focused on uh, Duke had made a point that it came from a DARPA design, and there was a good amount of press on this DARPA design because it was being tested on um, Army volunteers a couple of years ago, 2019, 2020. There were, I think there was articles in Time Magazine, uh, New York Times, um, just kind of focus on the early development of that. And he had mentioned it, and so it tied it together, and I thought that was a brilliant move because there, there's something uh, that makes it feel like it's around the corner, and the setting of the movie is not vastly in the future. It's It feels current, and that technology doesn't seem out of reach, right? Not so much the just the exosuit as a concept is from the DARPA design. I thought was brilliant. I thought that was just really yeah. Good we're content. probably right now not far from something like that. So in like ten more years, we'll be you know the next war is going to be Steel Battalion. <laughs> Everybody's got a really big uh, controller in their house. Well, and they're doing it on Zoom. War. No, Zoom no, they, they war. have no. They have the big controller in a container in the middle in in, in the Nevada desert. <laughs> do you think tom cruise likes um the sci-fi movies because of his because of scientology and the I story tom cruise, I, I think tom cruise likes money yeah yeah that's he, fair you know 
personal his personal religious choices aside, he has a really good knack for seeing something that that will captivate an audience and putting all of his talent into it. He's a really, really determined, focused, talented guy. I wouldn't put any slights on him there. Religion aside, that's his own personal choice. I, I didn't even mean it as a slight. I just meant it as the the story of that is very much rooted in right because of Elvron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, not, no, yeah I, I wasn't was meaning it as a slight. Author and he wrote Dianetics. Yeah, I know it's it's weird. Tom Cruise but, is like um, the one Scientologist that gets a total free pass from me. He can do what he wants. I don't care. Hells, he knew. <laughs> he I love is his movies. A really man. smart and talented good actor in certain roles he really nails and does such a good job and he definitely loves the people he works with like um he you know put a lot of his own money into that movie edge of tomorrow and uh he he was the one that told the guys we should train in these suits we should build them and that'll be more realistic and he was the first one to do it and when they saw him do it they're like oh, okay they all kind of got behind it he wasn't saying like you guys should do that i'm gonna sit here on the side and eat bonbons and you know yeah he, he puts in as much work yeah as tom, tom cruise is good at, tom cruise is the good insane yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i'm with you on all of it i mean i, I really a, am. i have a I question think, for the two of you yeah late on us since we're all like over here totally simping for tom cruise <laughs> what, would, what what is your favorite tom cruise movie oh geez brando are you serious wow i it's for me it's easy collateral Oh, oh, that's a that's a, that's a great a movie. Fucking phenomenal movie. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. That's runner, hard for me. Runner up, runner up is of course Tropic Thunder. <laughs> is that really a Tom Cruise movie though? I mean, no. But shout out to Lex Grossman. Yeah, okay, yeah. I know you're, I know you're a Lex Grossman fan. <laughs> uh, man, that is that is. So I have a lot of movies is... from him that I love, dude. But I'll, yeah. I'll tell you the one that that stands out is one that I hate. I'm going to tell you. No, no, no. I know what you're going to say. I think I know what you're going to say. Let me guess. Uh, okay. Okay. Go ahead. Legend. <laughs> I love legend. Listen, I love that movie. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Tim Curry as darkness is the best rendition well, of the Scott. devil I've ever seen. Yeah. And Ridley Scott, of course. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a bad, it's a bad movie. The, the just one of my dreams for my entire adolescence. I mean, yeah, come on. Uh, no, you know, the movie that I, I, I watch now, like, and I just appreciate more than I did in the days of Days of Thunder and Top Gun, and that's uh, The Color of Money. That's Ooh. a great movie. That's I, a great movie. I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really upset that I think it's that and or Pool Hall Junkies is not available for digital purchase anywhere. I just um, the color of money to me now hits. You know, if you if you're a 15 year old kid watching that movie, you clearly don't get the whole picture of it, right? You just can't identify with Paul Newman's character at all. But uh, now it's a different story, and uh, I I have a weird love affair with that film. You know, it it I don't know. It's it's one of my favorites, and of course I love him in everything, right? I. I I, I think I mentioned to you that, um, oh my God, I just spaced out on the name of it. The other sci-fi movie that he did with Morgan Freeman, where he, um, now I've got collateral stuck in my brain. I can't remember the Oblivion? other side. Oblivion. See, I, I thought Oblivion was a, a great dystopic, interesting movie about you know, another allegory. And I know, I don't know. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it since we, I think I discorded messaged you about it. Uh, have you seen that movie yet? I have not watched oblivion. That's been on a list of movies I need to watch. So I, I really I, enjoyed I, that too, but it's not like an acting, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not going to be something you'd be like, that was the best Tom Cruise movie ever, but it was, it was really good and entertaining. But, but was it more? Cause Maybe it was just marketed poorly because to me it just looked like generic sci-fi movie, nothing special about it. But I've I've heard from a couple of people it was pretty decent. So it is. Mm. It's just, I, and I don't. Again, I know I'm not trying to break down movies, and we're kind of referencing Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise taking those kinds of risks and putting that that money into it. Um, it's really that I'm I'm now stuck on thinking of all the movies that this one actor's been in that ties into retrofuturism. Right, because you're talking Minority Report, Oblivion, to some extent, and we then did an episode of Minority Report. Yes, you did. <laughs> Good and old then Edge of Tomorrow. Day. You know, I mean, those are all 
Yeah, I I would probably say if I have to pick one that I love that I would watch over and over, it's probably Live Die Repeat Edge of Tomorrow. But you know, there's a few others that I just I think he's phenomenal. Like I love Born on the Fourth of July. It's a effed up movie, but it's great. And I love Collateral. Like yeah. Brando brought up. I mean, I love Michael Mann, so I'll watch anything Michael Mann. Does. And then I mean Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder. I also He's really like Valkyrie. Goddamn things of all time. I, really I like Valkyrie, Valkyrie too. I did like Valkyrie. I thought it was. You mentioned something about Tom Cruise's acting in Edge of Tomorrow, like pulling off that slime ball character in the beginning. Yeah, I mean it. It is true. He's he, he just pulls off this David totally Miskimic. different. You can't be that hard. <laughs> Where's your wife, David? No, pretty pretty incredible hop. Really, really big fan of the show. Uh, we I don't know how often you listen to uh, the BBX, but and anytime I'm dropping a, a suggestion for people to listen, it's usually RFC or CHF, you know, cause just because they deal with movies over at yeah, CHF. Yeah, I like but. their show a lot, too. No, yeah, I've got... I- I I try to keep up to date on Brevity Box, but sometimes between that and my other podcast addictions, you guys and you know a life. Mm-hmm. They, they they do. Brando, get I blame Brando. I blame Brando bringing sunny sunshine everywhere he goes. No, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah dude, I'm enjoying we're, it, and and uh, like I said, I've got Brando on deck for Aliens, and probably have you on again, Charlie. I'm, we leading into the network a little bit this year. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I had a lot of fun. We just did an episode with Mitch and on the Retro Futurist Culture podcast about Transformers the movie, which is um the nineteen eighty six animated movie. Not yes, excuse me. Two thousand seven Michael Bay. Yes, what we're not talking what, about what, what we mean is it's the one true Transformers movie. It is. <laughs> it is. But that I mean, again, man, I'm all I'm routinely impressed with just your 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 listenability is that a word you know i mean i can have you on while and i and that's not true about a lot of podcasts no matter how uh recognized or famous a person is you can get tired of the voice right you can get tired of hearing that person talk (laughs) yeah yeah I, i don't have that same i'm telling you man like i never get tired of listening to you keep it up what what's uh what, you have anything specific or exciting that you're looking forward to bringing up this year besides aliens or maybe oblivion yeah. with me? You got something you're focused on? We've got um, the thing. John Carpenter's a thing is going to be an episode. Yes. I'm going to do an episode on the Halo game series lore with a friend of mine. That's cool. Like nice. folks and everything. Go to hell. Yeah, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. I'm going to have Mr. Kyle from Ruminations of Red Rum for that episode. Um, Terminator, the original Terminator, 1984, James Cameron. That's going to be an episode with Potential Mr. Six, the, but Sam. The, the better Terminator. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably get to Terminator 2 also because I like both. Those are the only two Terminators I care about. All the other ones yeah. I don't care about. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I didn't see any of them after the Terminator X. Was it Terminator 3? No, I Terminator X track. was the DJ for Public Enemy. No, <laughs> uh, it was it was the, the <laughs> it was the first Lady Terminator. <laughs> or are you just fucking with me? No, the original Terminator X was the DJ for Public Enemy. That's so great. Huh. I, I'm, sorry, I, I'm sorry, in my youth, that's more of a run DMC guy. <laughs> i have some other i'm trying to get some bigger profile guests i've got a couple feelers out there somebody that was it's related to somebody who basically created all comics as we know it and love it um trying to get him on the show trying to get somebody else that runs a youtube channel and podcast dedicated specifically to shoot 'em up games Oh wow! Cool. Um, trying to get this guy on the show. Got a couple other irons in the fire that I'm working on. Trying to get a guy who runs a site dedicated to the Jack McKinney Robotech novels because this guy is like a travel trove of knowledge on wow. that subject. He's actually interviewed 
James Lucino on his podcast. James Lucino was half. Jack McKinney was two authors, Brian Daly and James Lucino. They became one pseudonym to write those Robotech novelizations, which expanded and compounded the Robotech universe with more detail than what we saw on the show. So, uh, have you heard? Yeah. Have you heard of them? I know that once upon a time there was rumor that, of all people, Toby McGuire had had some sort of stake in the development. Yeah, of a action he, I guess movie. he was part of the reason that was it Warner Brothers. Somebody optioned the rights to a Robotech movie in like 2006, 2007. I think that was the first option with Warner Brothers. That expired and then Sony got the option. And I think that's languishing right now. From what I understand, Funimation has bought the rights to Robotech or licensed it through Harmony Gold and is sitting on it right now, maybe with the prospects of getting the movie made. Now that that whole worldwide Macross Robotech license was settled between Big West, Tatsunoko Productions, and Harmony Gold, uh, who knows what's going to happen with that. It was a hot mess for like 20 years, uh, and now it seems like legally it's cleared up, but it's slow in the process of getting stuff out. The only one that's really released anything was Harmony Gold through Funimation released the new Robotech Blu-ray set, but it's just basically uh, an up version of the last Robotech uh, remixed box set, which I didn't care for with the added sound effects and extra footage, which was just a, it was the raw Japanese episodes um, cuts and not the Robotech american broadcast edits which they changed a few things and that's what made the show different and, and in my opinion better uh as it linked it all together and when they released that uncut version it kind of ruined some of that and i was really disappointed that when they brought it onto blu-ray they aren't the tv broadcast cuts they're these unedited remix cuts with the crappy sound effects oh really yeah i yeah, did not know that yeah yeah, I can't even watch those versions. They, they, it hurts. Well, I mean, in yet another demonstration of that uh, insane memory, man. I mean, <laughs> like, let's you just pulled out data. Like, I mean, it, pretty impressive and spot on. I mean, I had read the same article about the resolution between Tatsunoko and Harmony Gold, and it's. Uh, I don't. I just excited at the prospect. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but. I think we both grew up around all three of us kind of grew up in the same area, even though Brando's a bit younger. Um, It's interesting, but you know, it's interesting to be at a point where we're seeing things that maybe would have only been in a, the kind of magazines or or, um, comic books or in manga that we saw in the eighties. Now the world is filled with, you know, lucid and Tesla and, the Ford Lightning, and you know, like everything is sort of going into uh, the EVT. Oh, what are the EVTLs? You know, so like drones that'll fly us places. It, it's a cool thing to see. It's a little and, too dystopian for, for me. Well, that's, it's also kind of neat to see those movies made. Scary. Right? It is kind of scary, but it's also exciting, man. <laughs> the like idea that, that they can make some of that stuff is brings me closer to thinking of. Uh, you know how much I would absolutely lose my mind if when we're in our 70s or 80s, we see anything like a Veritech or a mech, like literally moving around, even if it's for construction purposes, at, at anything close to what we saw when we were kids as only animation. I mean, that would be... Put it this way, put it this way. But before, before, before we die of very old age, hopefully, in our sleep, we're not going to see Robotech shit, but we might be seeing some mech warrior level shit. I think we'll see Edge of Tomorrow stuff for, for sure. By the time, like within like uh, what, 10, 20 years, Pop, like, you like, said. Like, within... like the loader bot from Aliens is yeah, something I expect to like realistically that. see in life, which oh, may already exist for all I know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's so. Um, Charlie and I were pretty close in age. I don't know if you remember, like, 
you know, when we were growing up in the eighties, like we were well, supposed I'm, to have I'm 38. Flying. I'm not a fucking Gen Zer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we were supposed to be, you know, we were supposed to have flying cars by the years 2000. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Ain't no flying cars, man. They're, you know, like, I don't know. True. I, I don't know if we'll see any of that stuff. I got some like, friends that work in the insurance world that would contradict you on your no flying cars claim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they only flew for a brief moment. And then, but boy, <laughs> according to the police report, did they fly. <laughs> now they're in the Darwin Awards. Mm-hmm. Man, Hop, pretty uh, great example of what uh i i mean this is why i think people should listen to your podcast i mean you're you're easy to listen to very knowledgeable and entertaining in general and the content i think is i mean i'm a fan so i'm biased but it's it's just a great podcast and i'm glad you came on to let us highlight it a bit and you a bit and get us a little bit of that insight into the uh renaissance man that you are you know i just you give you one of those power suits and you'll be, you know, arm barring polar bears. <laughs> Why would I hurt polar bears? <laughs> just, just because the because pure if power. you're that close to a polar bear, you may not have a choice. If you had to matter. defend yourself, right? You'd go for walks in the deep woods, just inviting trouble. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just saying maybe I would. I mean, if I, I mean, you just want to, I'm just using it as a metaphor, man. I mean, sure, sure, no, I, I get you. yeah, I mean, I play, I we play a lot out. of fighting games together. I mean, I've seen, I just feel like that's where, um, I get excited to see that kind of stuff, man. You know, and the idea that any of us might have an opportunity to see it in real life would be interesting. So I was just getting carried away. Yeah, no, I mean, probably realistically, like you said, something like that the aliens loader or those mechanized um power suits power loaders from, from yeah. live die repeat edge of tomorrow are probably the closest those exosuits are closest we're gonna get anytime soon a full-on like gundam or macross or Robotech oh yeah of era, course that's like way mecha that's one may, can I mean, dream we'll probably <laughs> all kill ourselves before we see anything like that, I'd still like, like a good, to way, to, a good way to say it is I think we'll see Max, but never Mecha. Yeah, well, that's I cool. Would, yeah, I would concur, Brando. We'll see Mech Warrior too. We won't see Zone of the Enders. I don't think we will. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, good video game callback there. But didn't they have uh, a similar sort of body power suit to, in uh, Elysium? It was Matt Damon's. Right. That's it was, funny. Go ahead. That you say that, I just picked up the Neo Blogcamp collection because you and I had talked about doing an episode on District Nine. So I love District there. Nine and too. Yeah, so did I. I love that movie. So we'll have to. May, may I just that. say that seeing District Nine in theaters was made me realize technology is at a point where they can at least do a decent attempt at a Robotech movie. Right, well, right. That's exactly. I remember you and I talking about that when yeah, that movie yeah. came out. Yeah. Neil Blogcamp is I'm a fan of his too, but they they had a, a similar um exo suit design yeah. mm-hmm. to what the base would be for Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, just the base, not the big mech and the helicopter blade sword, nothing like that. But in Elysium, they do have this very uh grounded version of it, right? And it's it, I mean, it was a good movie. I don't know. Have you seen that one yet? I I have not you, watched it yet. Okay. That's, that's one of those ones that was on my list, and now that I have it, um, I'll get to it. I enjoyed it. It's, it's a, got it it's has a, a lot really, of um, really good one. I yeah, it is good, and it Jodie Foster does a great job. Uh, it has some of the kind of does a great Hillary Clinton impression. Yes, <laughs> she actually I hadn't thought of it that way. That's pretty. Mm-hmm pretty cheeky i like that not being serious people out there in podcast land calm down but the it, the it does have some of the same um parallels to sort of battle angel with there being a world above and a world below oh and, i got that too because we talked about doing a battle angel episode yeah well that's yeah man got a movie i would do any episode you want do, to do about that too that we'll I'm focus on the it. movie i haven't read the manga in a long time so I, we're I, gonna talk about the movie I got to admit, I haven't been able to watch Battle Angel Alita because Alita's a little too uncanny valley for me. It makes me uncomfortable. Oh, I have the true. I have the OVA, I have the anime OVA, and I have the movie. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm talking read, about the movie. Like, yeah, forever, not ago. the OVA. 
That's yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm a huge fan of either one. Well, before we let you go hop, do you I mean, where can we find you? Where can the people listening? I mean, obviously they can go to the website and check us out. Yeah. But- Ruminations radio, right. Network. And then on Twitter, you can find me at futurist retro. Um, and then, uh, you can hit me up there if you have any questions. If you have any suggestions, feel free to hit me up there. Yeah, and if I mean, I didn't know. I'm not too much on the socials myself. I don't have a lot of them, and I know I know some people do, and maybe it's a cardinal sin that I don't. But it sounds like you kind of just stick to Twitter, and and you don't do the Instagram and things like that. No, I I have one for my training business. I don't really feel like. I want to set up a separate one. So I'm using Twitter for, for the podcast. It's probably smart, man. I should probably take your lead there. I'm terrible <laughs> it's at it. easier. I have so many other things that, uh, Twitter seems like that's where the most kind of activity for the, for this type of stuff is, is happening. Uh, I follow a lot of, uh, content creators that do anime, sci-fi video game stuff. They're all on Twitter. So, Thanks for the recommend. I'll start. Who's your, who's your go-to do? guy for video game stuff on that platform? You know, I follow a lot of classic game dudes. I'm not really like. That's fair. That's fair. Not, you know, like I I follow uh, Game Sack. Uh, I like that guy. He's hilarious. Uh, classic Game Room. He doesn't post nearly as much. Um, who else do I really follow on there? Let me see. There's a lot of Star Wars content in my feed right now. Well, especially right now with the announcement of three new games. Right. What would those be? From Respawn? Three new Respawn games. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order 2, a first-person, unnamed first-person shooter. It's um, going to be Dark Forces. Ooh, it might be. And what was the third one? I don't I don't remember either. Just, just give me a Jedi Outcast full remake. Look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, turn that down. That was a respawn is for the old Call of Duty and current Titanfall people, right? Yeah, it was uh, Vince Ampella, one of the original co-founders of Infinity Ward. But he's actually not doing too much as far as like they kind of put him in charge of trying to save Battlefield right now, which is kind of a hot mess. It is a hot mess. we'll, We'll see what happens there. Well, Hop, thanks for coming on and giving us a, a, a good time, letting us talk to you, pick your brain, get to know you a little bit. Um, keep doing what you're doing, man. We'll keep listening. And invite me on whenever you want. I'm, I'm ready to be on Retro Futures Culture anytime I can. For those of you looking for a good place to start in his show, I think it was episode five or six. It was about The Fifth Element, arguably the greatest sci-fi movie of all time. <laughs> that was a fun episode. Yeah, we had a Yeah, that was, that was you and Mitch. Yeah, that was, no, that yeah. was a great episode. I had to go home and watch the movie afterwards. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks, Brando. Yeah, well, well, I Chris also Tucker had you and Charlie on for our Demolition Man episode. That's oh, right. one of the greatest dumb movies of all time. <laughs> right. And prophetic. I mean, crazy. <laughs> Three credits for cussing. Yeah. No, they, they definitely uh, got some stuff on. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. No, it's been fun. We'll have you back soon. All right. You have uh, hopefully enjoyed this episode of Brevity Box. You know, if you obviously you're going to know what I'm going to recommend as far as what podcast you should start with. If ours is the only podcast you listen to, go to the website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com and click on the retro futurist culture icon and start from episode one and just let it play. You're not going to be disappointed with anything you hear. If you have to pick one episode, uh, you can certainly go with the fifth element like Brando recommended. You can go with Demolition Man because the guests on that episode were pretty cool. Uh, you can also do Edge of Tomorrow or the recent episode for Transformers, the movie, the 1984 animated movie, not 1984, 80s animated movie. With, or if you uh, want a travel anime. trove of anime insider info, I recommend the Megazone 23 episode with uh, Robert Woodhead. By the way, I failed to mention the amount of clout you have brought onto your show. <laughs> I mean, really, man. You're, I mean, when we first started this, I remember you mentioning, and this is before I had any idea of the connections you've got. 
uh, that you've built. And you start mentioning people that you're going to have come on that they were directors or that they're uh, the executive uh, general, uh, CEO of that company that produced the content. I mean, how many have you had now? Four? Is it four uh, or three? I, I don't know. I don't care. I'm trying to get some more. I just make, I just network. I just get friendly with people, Charlie, and see what, you know, make, uh, Make conversation, and uh, a lot of people, if they're really passionate about something, they'll they'll want to come and talk about it, and uh, it's fun. I got another. I'm trying to get a guy that's a game developer right now to come on, but uh, he works for a company that's been in the press a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Keep keep tuned in to the Retro Futures Culture Podcast, and uh, you're going to probably hear some more about it. <laughs> one that was recently purchased, I think. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you guys for your uh you know keep listening to the bbx we'll be back with another episode soon you know where to check us out i've already mentioned the website if you want to become a supporter and you look on the website you can become a, a patreon member you can uh like and subscribe and write reviews on anything that you're listening on whether that's itunes or spotify uh put in a kind word and check out some of our other podcasts and we'll see you next time bye